Today is August 30th, and the world is talking about the politics of power. Will our great republic in America fall? You're listening to What in the World? A look at current events through the lens of biblical truth with Amy Travis. More information on the Biden crime family surfaces with each passing day. The New York Post reported this week that the National Archives acknowledges having possession of 5,400 Biden emails in which he used fake names to disseminate sensitive government information to non-governmental actors while he was vice president. What in the world? Additionally, the curious circumstances around the deadly blaze in Maui earlier this month have raised more than a few eyebrows. A very disturbing video surfaced recently where an eyewitness testified that the law enforcement officers actually blocked access to the only viable route to safety for hundreds of motorists. Many of the 115 confirmed dead and possibly the 850 still unaccounted for people died while trying to flee the inferno. As each news cycle becomes increasingly more bizarre, the question becomes, what in the world is happening in America? Will our great republic survive? America has enjoyed a relatively stable government since the ratification of our constitution in 1788. Our founders understood that only a free, self-governing people can experience peace and prosperity. But as you'll see below, we shouldn't take this for granted. Freedom is fragile and our government is at risk. Below are three points to ponder about the relationship between political stability and peace. Number one, all governments eventually fall. The tragic truth is that societies are fragile ecosystems that can and will fail. Even the mighty Roman Empire, the superpower encompassing much of the known world for over 500 years, suffered defeat. According to historians, Rome's fall was precipitated by centuries of political corruption. Eventually, mass immigration created a welfare state that bankrupted the once powerful kingdom. Does this sound familiar? In recent days, the number of governments on the brink of collapse has dramatically expanded. In addition to notoriously failed states such as Yemen, Somalia, Syria, in South Sudan, other more developed countries are also experiencing turmoil. Hong Kong, Taiwan, Sri Lanka, France, Netherlands, Ethiopia, Azerbaijan, Belarus, and Turkey, to name a few, are considered fragile governments. India's status, for example, has recently downgraded from free to partially free. More troubling still is that nations worldwide are seeing a sharp decline in democracy. In 2023, fewer than a fifth of the world's population lives in free countries. Number two, corruption is a mark of failing governments. What happens when a government collapses? A nation falls when it loses centralized control over a region. The government can no longer enforce its laws and the military can no longer defend its territory. Historically, an administration typically faces bankruptcy because of, among other reasons, widespread corruption and overspending. When money is no longer available to support government programs, the people suffer because of rising inflation and food shortages. Eventually, the citizens of that country demand a change in leadership. Dictators, such as 
the ones we see in Cuba, hold on to power because an unarmed population does not pose a credible threat to their authority. Their own military doesn't oppose them out of fear. The more brutal the leader, the more loyal his soldiers are to him. Authoritarian leaders hoard wealth for themselves while leaving little for their people. Inflation, rising food costs, wealth disparities, and poor living standards usually follow. Video blogger Isabel Brown recently made a compelling case that Americans are poorer now than at the height of the Great Depression in 1930. She did this using official Department of Labor statistics. She notes the average working American salary in 1930 was about 4,800 a year. Adjusted for inflation, that's 85,000 today. But today, the average person's annual salary averages just 56,000 per year. In 1930, gasoline cost 10 cents per gallon. Adjusted for inflation, that would be a dollar and 73 today. But the average cost of a gallon of gas today is three dollars and 55 cents. A new car in 1930 cost about $860. Adjusted for inflation, that's about 15000 today. But the actual cost of a new car today averages 48000 The average house in 1930 cost $3,900. In today's dollars, that would be about 70000 But the average cost of a house today is 416000 Bottom line, the average American is poorer today than in 1930. Number three, authoritarian rulers often opt for depopulation strategies. One study compiled a list of dictatorships by death toll. Would you be surprised to know that the Nazi Holocaust, which systematically killed an estimated 17 million Jews, Poles, Serbs, and other vulnerable groups, ranks only third on this list? Tragically, genocides are far more common than one may imagine. For example, a purge of the Uyghur population is currently underway in China, according to the BBC. More than one million of this mostly Muslim population have been confined to re-education camps and hundreds and thousands other to prison terms. In essence, the state, meaning China, wants the land that the Uyghurs currently occupy. This isn't the first time China has done that either. Under Mao Zedong, China holds the loathsome record of killing as many as 70 million between 1946 and 1976 through famine, labor camps, and violent political cleanses. Surprisingly, the Rwandan genocide in 1994, which oversaw 800,000 men, women, and children brutally murdered, didn't even make the top 10 list of genocides. Imagine that. New threats using old tactics. New and more subtle threats from authoritarian rulers have quickly emerged. Canada, once considered one of the freest countries in the world, has cracked down on some of its citizens' freedoms. Forbes magazine warned that Canada's extremely liberal euthanasia laws echo Nazi regime tactics. In 2022, over 10,000 deaths have been attributed to the often coerced treatment option of medically assisted suicide. This number is only expected to increase. Tim Staten, director of the Canadian Institute for Inclusion and Citizenship at the University of British Columbia said that the country's uniquely permissive euthanasia laws are, and I quote, probably the biggest existential threat to the disabled people since 
the Nazis program in Germany in the 1930s. Genocide in America? It sure appears that a genocide is underway in our neighbors to the north. But how about here in the U.S.? Authorities barricaded the only paved road out of the town of Lahaina, blocking residents from leaving as a devastating fire swept across Maui earlier this month, survivors of the deadly disaster said. And this is according to the Associated Press. Imagine that. They actually barricaded the road to ensure that residents would be trapped. Those that survived the catastrophe had one thing in common. They ignored instructions from the authorities. Some have speculated that the fires were intentionally set as a way to seize prime property in Lahaina, Hawaii. According to CNN Business, fear of predatory land grabbers coming in is legitimate because it's already happening. It's been happening for generations now said Keena Ng, a native Hawaiian community organizer whose family has been on Maui for seven generations. And every time there's a crisis, it accelerates, she said. Far from being a conspiracy, Hawaiian Governor Josh Green, Democrat, announced only a week after the deadly blaze that the administration is looking into, quote-unquote, acquiring the properties destroyed by the recent fires in the Lahaina area. Is our government conducting a genocide of the indigenous Kahana Maui tribe in order to seize their land? Please catch this. It's very important. The greatest atrocities in the history of mankind have always been committed by governments against their own people. Consider the conditions created by the authoritarian regimes listed above. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Government corruption, overspending, hyperinflation, lawlessness, mass immigration, land grabs, food shortages, disarmament, and even genocide. Our founders understood how tyranny, not self-governance, is the default setting for every government. As a result, they placed many safeguards in our law to prevent our nation from becoming a dictatorship. First and foremost was the Second Amendment to the Constitution. So please don't be fooled when you see politicians in our country pushing for gun control. It's not what you think. Under the guise of public safety, individuals in power are looking to take guns away from us, not the criminals. The state will still have weapons, but you, a law-abiding citizen, will not. Contrary to legacy media narratives, the Second Amendment was not created to protect hunters. It was designed to protect citizens from a tyrannical government. Disarmament never ends well. Yes, our constitutional republic in America is under attack. As more threats to our freedoms arise, we should follow the guidance of our founders and resist tyranny. As we approach another election year, I offer this guidance. Whatever comes next, do not comply. Thanks so much for listening today and remember to always pursue the truth. Our freedom depends on it.